So coming from like the diving world, and I'm not saying like once you're a spear fisherman and you're established and you and the people in the industry realize that you know what you're doing and, and you're not there to like mess it up for everybody, they open up to you pretty well. So but the initial window is, is hard to get into, right? But in podcasting, the positive vibes from everybody in the podcasting world that I've ever come into contact with has just been amazing. It's like a family. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me today, my good friend, Roman Castro from SpiroNation.com. Roman, we are here in Anaheim, California at the Now Hear This Podcast Festival. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's uh, my first big podcasting event. And uh, it's not your first podcast meetup or event, right? Because we just hung out at one, right? Right. That was cool. We uh, hung out in San Diego. We went to the uh, podcast movement meetup. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Well, one of the things that made it so fun is you brought your elaborate video setup, and I think you interviewed everyone at the meetup, which was not a small number. <laughs> it was it was uh, a lot of people. Like when, when I was when I started editing, I was like, "Wow, I have like about a, maybe two hours worth of stuff." I narrowed it down to like an hour. And the diversity of your guests on that was pretty amazing. That was fun. It was, it was like it was like a very condensed, like I'm going to call it like a coaching session almost because they gave such good <laughs> advice. All right, so what what were you? Um, what was your initial vision for doing that? And then what was the outcome like what, what, versus what your expectations were going in? So my, the way I try to connect better with my audience is to, was to start a vlog to show people what it is like to do a podcast and the way I do it anyway. Right. So I've always had this, I'm, I'm starting to carry this camera gear with me everywhere I go. And I figured I'm going to bring it to this event if it's okay with you. And uh, you said it was cool. So I brought it over and I figured, you know, let's see, what, let's see where this goes. And it worked out. Well, okay, so for, for those that don't know, at the San Diego Podcast Movement Meetup, Roman's like in a corner in a booth <laughs> with his video like on the table. And next thing you know, like just people are going and sitting next to him. You're interviewing him for a couple minutes. And I mean, everybody seems to go through this process. And uh, so I went through it, Dan went through it, a lot of people went through it, but it was fun. And uh, here a, a few weeks ago, you finally published yeah. the video vlog if you will right, right. of that meeting and i watched it and i was like blown away it was really good awesome thank you and uh i was sitting there thinking man you know you you probably got the better end of that deal at the meetup with i think the, i did all the conversations that you had i mean i had some good conversations but nothing quite like that <laughs> it was very cool the, the way everybody opened up and i really like so thankful for everybody's good advice uh, and just like being so open to even doing it and you yeah. just met so many people yeah, that, that you fun. probably wouldn't have Right, that's true. That's have true. met had you not had that setup. So I think that's a little bit of a takeaway. <laughs> like, yeah, just shoot a video wherever you go, and you'll meet everybody. Or, yeah, exactly. or it feels that way. That might not be true, but and no, it it does open doors for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, the concept from that is like the concept I try to use on my show, which is like I interview guys that are having spearfishing for a really long time. That maybe they're like they don't go to the club meetings or they don't post online, but I'll get to sit and have a conversation with them as an, and uses the podcast as an excuse, and then they share their cool ideas confirmation that they wouldn't normally but then you get to be the fly on the wall so same concept podcast movement meetup you get to be a fly on the wall or in this case sitting in front of us while we're talking about podcasting no stuff. kidding so at what age did you realize man i love <laughs> spear fishing <laughs> i'm actually kind of new to it okay i discovered it in 2011 it's a long story but i'll abbreviate it yeah we moved to san diego in 2008 with my fiance we were gonna get married before we got married she wanted to go to maui so before i went to maui i said hey i want to 
learn something aquatic, but I don't want to do scuba because I look super scary. Okay. So I learned to snorkel, which sounds lame now. Oh, what's but... wrong with snorkeling? Huh? <laughs> I think snor- especially in Maui, my right, goodness. Yeah. So I learned to snorkel in, in La Jolla, and I start to see the fish, and I'm like, wow, that's cool. I want to get down there so I can see more fish. So I look up diving while, while snorkeling, no tanks, and then I find free diving. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's a whole sport I never looked at. Huh. So you free dive, you hold your breath, you go to depth and look at fish and come back up and take a breath. And then on top of that, you could hunt. You can catch a fish you want to take home and eat. It's like the least, uh, it's like the best way to catch a fish because you don't foul hook anything. Right. Like if, if you see the fish you want, you take it and you're done. You're not going to hurt any other fish by with a hook or whatever. So long story short, I uh, got into spearfishing that way, went to Maui, came back and I was like super hooked. And then uh, I joined local clubs, San Diego Freedivers and uh, met a bunch of guys that have been doing it for a really long time. And I just got hooked on it. I, I loved it. It's just a, such a fun sport. It's a, a lot of exercise and, and a lot of mental, almost like meditation. It's like, it makes you meant, it makes you really focus on everything. So when you, you well, do like, I, I, I want to know how so, like what, what <laughs> yeah. tell me about that. Okay, cool. So in free diving, it's all about conserving your oxygen, right? That's like the, the rare thing you're taking down with you. You don't have a tank to breathe air with. So whatever breath you take before you go down, that's the breath you, ha- you have to use. So that you have to use some of that breath to equalize the pressure in your, in your mask. You have to equal, use some of that breath to equalize the pressure in your ears as you're going down at about a meter a second. And uh, you have to be mindful of all your movements because any movement that's exaggerated or too hard where you're pushing against the water too hard uses up oxygen that's not very efficient. So that also combined with the gear, like you want to streamline as much as possible. All that takes into account how much time you get down there because as you use your breath, you'll feel the urge to breathe. And that kind of kills your bottom time. Bottom time is how much you get to spend at the bottom looking actually for fish or looking at things. How, so how deep are we talking? My deepest dive, just down and up, has been uh, 93 feet. Oh, my goodness. And that was recent. I just did that about... How long can you hold your breath for? My best time ever has been in a, in a controlled environment in a pool with a spotter. Because you never want to do breath hold exercises in a pool like by yourself. You have to do it with a with buddy that's like trained. Right. That's like the... Most people die doing it that way. Like out of all spearfishing and freediving in a pool tra- practicing by yourself, that's like the worst thing you can do. Okay. So I just want to get that out of the way. But my best has been uh, four minutes and 30 seconds. My goodness. So <laughs> Can't even imagine. And a lot of people might say, well, doesn't your brain die after like five minutes of no oxygen? It's like, yeah, it does if, you, if your heart is stopped, if you're not breathing, like if your heart's not pumping. But since you're holding your breath, your heart is still pumping oxygen that's in your blood to your brain. So you're fine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I? Okay. Just took a dive, right? <laughs> this is it. Yeah, we did take a dive. 93 feet, four and a half minutes. I would say that's pretty impressive. It's fun. Is that good? Is that oh, okay, okay. amateur? Oh, well, that... that's, that's like, uh, I would say that's a beginner to intermediate. You're kidding. Yeah, there's oh, some. Actually, you know what? Maybe intermediate. There's wow. some guys out there that like, for example, the guy teaching the class that I went to, it was on Catalina. It was a level two certification class. The level one gets you down to 66 feet. And uh, the level two gets you down to like 130 feet. I maxed out at, one, at 91 feet or 93 feet. I didn't hit the whole extent. But the guy that's teaching the class, he's like, he has like maybe 13 or 14 world records. And he's wow. been down to like something crazy, like 400 feet. You're kidding. Just like on, on a single breath. Like that's on, amazing. On his own power, which is just amazing. Borderline foolish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's. It's all done with like safety divers and like and like people in the water under control as much control as possible. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's definitely. A, it could. It could be a sickness. You know, you could get that depth and be like, oh yeah, I can go a little bit deeper. Oh, I can go a little bit deeper. I can see how that. How you fall into that. 
Let me so. break my record. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm, break crap. My record. I'm out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do if you're down that deep? And well, the worst thing you could do is panic and, and swim swim faster. Because again, that that goes into like what happens when you panic or when you get an adrenaline rush. Your muscles surge. Your heart starts pumping faster, and you waste more oxygen, right? Because you're on land. That's that's a land reflex, right? Okay. So when you're in the water and you feel like you're gonna like you're gonna not have enough air to get to the top, hopefully your buddy's there, but you relax even more, right? You seems counterintuitive. Go, yeah, <laughs> it is counterintuitive. You go wow. super slow, and you also want to maybe uh, if you should be wearing a weight belt. You unbuckle your weight belt and just kind of hold it. So in the, in the event you do pass out, you lose all that weight because you you'll be unconscious and you'll let go of the, the weight belt and you'll float up. So your buddy can pick you, can grab you or pick you up. Anyway, it's it's a uh, man. It's you have to plan all these dives. And uh, I was holding my breath just <laughs> while you talked about that. And yeah, I'm actually out of twenty seconds. Uh, <laughs> nice. so, so let's talk about the actual fishing part. <laughs> okay, cool. Because because there's a there's a method to the madness. Here, yeah, right. right? Yeah. So what, what kind of fish do you catch? What, what do you like? Okay, so in San Diego, there's all kinds of different fishing you can do. There's, so like we'll start we'll start with the with my favorite fish, which is a halibut. Right, halibut. The the meat is like white and super flaky and the yield on a fish like that is, is amazing because they have you basically get like four really nice fillets out of the top and the bottom because it's like a flat fish that lives on the that kind of swims along kind of sideways and uh it lays on the ground and for that kind of fishing it's usually in the shallows you uh snorkel a lot and then you'll see them in the sand sometimes you'll see them half buried or sometimes you'll see them just free swimming but most of the ones i've gotten i've gotten like uh that are in the sand kind of like you can see that maybe their tail and like the eye sticking out because they're ambush type predators right so you see them, you kind of come up to them, and they don't, they don't think you can see them. You kind of just shoot them right there in the ground and kind of pin them against the floor and, like, carry your hand under the, under the fish and hold both sides of the spear and pull them up to the surface. The whole time it's, like, snapping, like it's, it's little jaws because they have teeth. And uh, you get it by the gills eventually, and then you take your dive knife, and there's, like, a little triangle you can make between its eyeball and its jaw, and you poke it right there, and it's, like, turning the off button. If you hit it right, it's like its little brain. Poke it, and it just dies. And then you... <laughs> wow! <laughs> so that, that's a hal- that's that's a halibut. <laughs> Dang Roman! <laughs> it's so, we're, but it's we're, so we're good. Murdering hal- halibut. No, <laughs> this is <laughs> so. So the, the cool thing about it, and it's, it sounds kind of graphic. I know it's it, it's no, no, a, no, it's no an, I have given you a hard time. I love it's, it. it's an aggressive spear, and you do have a dive knife, but it's like it's a different world. You're entering the the fish's world, right? Like you're doing this stuff while you're holding your breath. Like so, it has a big advantage if you want to be sportsman. I guess you could say, right? And also. I'm not going around poking and, and touching or even touching any fish that I'm not going to take. Like I don't, that's my, like my rule to myself is like, Hey, if I'm not going to take it, I'm not going to touch it. Even if it's a starfish, just to want to pick it up and look at it. No, I could, I could swim down and look at it, but I'm not going to disturb it. Right. So that's like, that's the first kind of fish. The other kind of fish that we have in San Diego, like that, that area is like a, I call them like a reef, reef fish would be like a, like a calico. It's kind of like a bass. Right. Those are pretty good. And those are very uh, spooky types of fish. They like, they, they see you. And it's like, it's like when you walk into a room, you make eye contact with somebody. And right when you make eye contact with somebody, like you either, sh- you either shoot the fish right away like that or they're going to bolt. It's just that, that quick. Yeah. So you have to either like swim down to the, to the floor to like the bottom of the ocean or wherever that area is and kind of creep along over rocks. And as you creep along over rocks, you'll see those fish kind of like floating out there, like catching by surprise. But as soon as they see you, they're going to bolt. Fast, like How quick can that spear hit them? It depends on the type of gun you're using, but most guns are like powered with a, there's like thick rubber rubber bands, basically. Yeah. And you can have a gun that's anywhere from like 70 inches, like a big, gigantic, they call them like a telephone pole launcher because the, the shaft is just like steel that's like pretty pretty thick. 
or you can have like a smaller reef gun, like a like a halibut hunting gun, where you shoot it against the ground or shoot it against the rocks, or like a rock hunting gun. That's like one band and super short, like maybe like twenty four inches, thirty inches, right? Right. So yeah, there's all those different types of I guess hunting equipment you can use. But like for the calico, for the calicos, you want like a fit, like a nice like uh, maybe like a one twenty millimeter gun or like equivalent to like uh, I don't know, like a fifty inch gun will be probably good. Anyway, just enough that you can take a, a nice shot in the open and. Uh, you don't have to worry about just poking the fish. It has to go through the fish, right? Right, right. Anyway, and then there's like the, the bigger class of fish we have in San Diego. There's like the pelagics, right? And these are the fish that are, that are out there like maybe 20... Actually, recently they've been getting, coming kind of close to shore. So maybe anywhere from five miles and further out from shore, you get like the pelagic fish, like yellowtail. So when you go to a sushi restaurant and you order hamachi, that's yellowtail. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also like the mahi-mahi or dorado, we call them here in, in Southern California. Uh, and then there's also the, like, wahoo. We might get wahoo. Like, and, and this past couple of years, has been really good during the summer. We've been getting, a, like, bluefin tuna, which is, like, amazing for this area. Just because, like, the water's a lot warmer. Right. So they, they, come down, they come up further north than they usually do. That's so cool. So it's been crazy. What was that like when you first caught a fish doing this? Was that like, yes! All right, so... It felt like everything came into place. Like it's hard to explain. So let me. I'll try to explain it. So I'll take you through the to the dive. You're on the surface. You're kind of just like snorkeling. You have your gun. It's loaded. It's ready to go. And uh, you start swimming on the surface to get a little momentum before you duck dive in. And with a little momentum, you take your last breath. So you fill in your, your tummy, <laughs> and you fill in your your chest, and then you take a last little gulp to make sure so you have a full full inhalation. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Full inhalation. And then that's all the oxygen you're going to have with you on this, on this little minute-long trip. You dive down into like outer space because you're like flying down, right? And you get past the point where, you're, where your buoyancy is overcome by gravity, right? So the water is pushing you up. That's buoyancy. And gravity is pulling you down. Once you get past the point of neutral buoyancy, then gravity takes over and you gradually start sinking faster and faster until you hit like a terminal sink velocity, I guess you could call it, right? Okay. And that part is like the best part because you're not kicking anymore, but you're gliding down. And all you're really doing is kind of like you have the gun here like a, like a soldier at arms and it's right up against your body and your fins are kind of like just doing the guiding. So you're kind of floating down, you're kind of guiding yourself whichever way you want to go. And then like if, if you don't move a lot and you don't look around a lot like a, like a, from side to side like a shark would, the fish will come kind of check you out. They get curious. Or if you get to your landing spot and just stay there, sometimes the fish will be like, what is that? They wonder if your food right if you're invading their territory so they'll come and check you out either to eat you or to <laughs> or to uh get you out of their space so then that's when you that's when you have the chance to shoot them you don't you don't go around chasing fish because they'll never catch a fish they're too fast right yeah. you have you to wait. lure them in or creep over rocks and sneak up on them right that's that's, kind of, that's like half the fun like there's a, the two hunting techniques like the uh sit and wait get them to come in and provoke them or kind of like creep over ledges and or look into holes and ledges see if you can find them in there so wow <laughs> So it was the first time I shot a fish, it was like, it was like everything in the universe lined up for like a split second. Like I felt like it felt right. It felt like uh, it was very primal, very primal feeling. Man, <laughs> you're getting me excited. I'm like, man, you know, I eat goldfish, you know, the crackers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what made you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a podcast? So the funny thing is with, uh, with spearfishing, not as much so now, but in the beginning, it was very well, like like you know, like like fishing is very like, oh, dude, don't don't go to my spot, right? Don't go to my fishing spot. So that I think that transitioned into like the the spearfishing world too. 
So like everybody's super secretive with what they're doing, how they're doing it. And uh, there's nothing out there for the new guys to learn from, right? Well, there is, but sometimes it's very like, I don't know, too general. Or if you ask a question, they'll, they'll get on you like, hey, you know what, like, just go do it yourself, go practice, go figure it out. Don't, you're, you're not going to get a handout here, right? So it's very uh, harsh towards beginners at first, right? Oh, that's rough. So there was a forum I used to, I used to be a member of, and I was super happy about doing the sport and like learning, of it, learning about it. And at the time, I didn't have kids. So it was just me and my, my wife, and she, it was, she was totally okay with me diving like almost every other day. So after work, I just get my stuff and go dive every day. And then I would share that dive session on this board and say, hey, today I didn't get anything, but here's what I saw, blah, blah, blah. Kind of just like sharing my stoke, yeah, right? Yeah, here's what happened. Yeah. yeah. And some of the people were, were appreciative about it. Some of the people were kind of rude about it. And I was like, well, you know what? That's kind of weird. Like, this is a spearfishing forum. We should be able to share like our stories, even if it's just a beginner. So long story short, the guy, the, I got sick of like the, like the negative comments. And I was right. like, you know what? I'm just going to set up my own like a little blog. So I started the Spiro blog, right? Spiro is what you call somebody that spearfishes, right? So it's not Spiromatic. It's spear, Spiro. It's what you call somebody that spearfishes. Not and, to be confused with Spiro meant rhino, right? Right. That's, exactly. that's not, not what we're talking about here. <laughs> nice, nice. Get your heads back <laughs> in the game. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of came out was like a way for me to share with my local, like my immediate friends the pictures and the and to log for myself the stuff I was learning, right? Right. right like today I saw this, today I saw that. And eventually I was thinking I could go back into my own blog and see what patterns would emerge as far as like what conditions led to like this kind of fish at this location, right? Right. Uh, and then uh, what happened was, was uh, as I kept adding stuff to it, as I was learning things, I started kind of dabbling videos and that kind of stuff. New guys that were newer than me started finding it and they were like, oh, hey, this is kind of cool. Thanks for putting this out. And then I realized like, hey, this, this might be a thing, right? I started looking into like, I don't know, Darren Ross and like how to monetize your blog and that kind of right, stuff. Right. And uh, it's like, well, you need cornerstone content. I think it was like, that was like a copy blogger thing. You need cornerstone content. It's so, like, right. I came up with a list of like everything I ever wanted to know about spearfishing and I just kind of made a huge like, I call it like a spearfishing primer, right? And that kind of evolved and I was like, you know what? I, I'm to the point where like I've met other guys here in San Diego that I can learn from. And I want to I want to see if I can learn more from maybe other people or just figure out a way to to like get them to talk to me, right? So I started the podcast. Yeah, I started the podcast and I called it the Spear Podcast, and um, I made an interview based right off the bat with my goal of extracting as much information as I could from somebody that's more experienced than me for the beginner and for the guys that are that are past their beginner stuff. Right. So the, the first part of the podcast is for like kind of like how you discovered it, all that good stuff and issues you had and how you overcame those issues. And the second part of the podcast is like uh, their best, the highlights of their spearfishing journey, basically. Right. So it's like right. a journey show. And I call it it's a spearfishing podcast. But like the more and more I think about it, I think of it more of like a like an adventure podcast because a lot of the stories have like travel and just like diving and just like crazy parts of the world with like sometimes with sharks, sometimes with like manta rays and just like really cool adventures. And like little did I know that it would grow to the point where it's now that like people are asking me to be on the podcast, which is really, really cool. I'm super <laughs> stuck on that. Yeah. And I've always wanted to kind of like promote the sport in a way that would make it continue the way I, the way I discovered it. Right. So the way I discovered it was like, it's semi-regulated because you have to have a fishing license in certain areas to fish. It's a regular fishing license, but there's a, it's the best way to sustainably fish with the least bycatch. So I want to make sure people know that so that, when somebody new that comes to the sport, they can discover the sport and they can see the same thing and they can follow the same kind of like, a, uh, what do you call it, like, like ethics of the sport. Like you're, you're right. an ocean steward, 
not an ocean like pillager, right? You only take what you want. So you only take what you need for that evening or for like, say, for example, my wife's out of the family. When they're going to come over, I'll go and shoot like a good amount of fish because they, they like the fish. They're like, they're right. going to eat it, right? Yeah. But it's just me and my, and my family. Will, I'll shoot like, if I get a big fish, I'll usually stop fishing for the rest of the day. I'm done. That's all I'm going to be able to consume, right? So anyway, that whole concept of like sustainability and fishing and like spearfishing being the, the best way to do it was something I really wanted to promote with my show and teach to younger generations of spearfishermen. Right. So that's something to do with that. And then the older generation of spearfishermen, they're getting like the stories and the stuff that like maybe saw someone do something awesome like at a, at a, at a tournament and they didn't know the story behind it. They go back to the show and listen to what that story was behind that thing. Right. And then as the show has kind of grown a little bit, I've gotten to know some of the guys that are more senior in the sport and they've put me in contact with some of the like I call them the legends or the legacies of the sport, the legends of the sport. And those guys were like doing like world spearfishing championships like in the 50s right they were like good enough in the 50s to go like compete in the world so those guys stories are just amazing because they're like uh stories from like guys that like went to like the war and like were able to to like take their spearfishing gear along with them when they were out there like serving you know it's pretty crazy pretty crazy stuff man i i gotta say roman i'm uh very impressed and if anything you've made me interested in the possibility of my own spear fishing oh, nice. uh, attempt which uh i don't know if i can hold my breath long enough so i'm already thinking man i might just have to sit on a on a boat and have a pole and uh you know it's fun when you're having a podcast and then they bring you tacos uh, yeah of course yeah <laughs> and they serve you a plate wow and that you. just happened um i'm gonna have one uh, Roman, we always like to wrap up with a couple questions. So we're going to start with what's the best place for people to connect with you online? Okay, the best place for people to connect with me would be uh, my website called SpiroNation.com. Yep. So SpiroNation will have a directory of all the other sites I, I do for the spearfishing stuff. And also uh, all the vlogs and stuff, you can see that at RomanCastro.com. Yep. And uh, you're on YouTube, of course. Yeah. People can check that yep. out. And then, of course, final thoughts. What are your final thoughts? Just how... So coming from like the diving world, and I'm not saying like once you're a spear fisherman and you're established and you, you a spiro a spiro right, and you realize and the people in the industry realize that you know what you're doing and, and you're not there to like mess it up for everybody, they open up to you pretty well. So but the initial window is is hard to get into, right? But in podcasting, the positive vibes from everybody in the podcasting world that I've uh, ever come into contact with has just been amazing, and it's like it's like a family. I really appreciate everybody's uh, openness to take the time to, I mean, think about it. My show is so niched out. It's a spearfishing podcast. Very niche. But at the same time, a lot of the techniques that I would use on my show to monetize and all that kind of stuff are techniques that anybody could use on any type of show. True. So it, it just opens it up. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, that's, that's my, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I made a point, but I'm just super excited to be well, you love podcasting, podcasting. That's yes. it. and you yeah. love spearfishing yeah. and Roman, I gotta say, I think you're fun to, person to get to know, fun person to chat with. If anybody gets a chance to meet you at an event and to uh, sit down with you and whether it's interview you or be on <laughs> be on your videos, I think the answer is yes. Go for it. So, awesome. Uh, Roman, thanks for this, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.